Yo, we are back once again. This is the Wu Tang Podcast. I am Singar Superior, uh, the Almighty AR, still on hiatus, as I'm sure all of y'all know. But uh, with all that being said, I have a very special guest. Decided to keep it in the family for this episode. And so, with that being said, I have Born King, aka Killer Fifth, in the building. Say what's good to the people. What's good, people? Peace, peace. What's good? And uh, you have you have a lot going on right now. You have about what three new EPs out and everything like that. So, uh, um, talk about the latest one you have out right now. Okay, um, the latest one. That's man, uh, man. Like I've been like trying to figure out how I was gonna, um, you know, what I'm saying like put something out that was gonna be a staple more or less for like Baltimore. So when I did it. You know, what I mean, all the way down to the album cover, I just had a Baltimore state of mind. At the same time, like just this Kualam album leak is, I think it's superior. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> this is pretty much all, it's all on YouTube. So if, if you just go ahead and you know type in Born King, it will most likely come up. Find him on Twitter at Killer Fifth. Um, these are some dope projects if i do say so myself i've helped in you know mixing some of them producing um some tracks here and there so uh, go ahead and check it out on youtube this episode is dedicated to darkness so we are going to be focusing on you know most likely i would say arguably one of the best some people will think right one of the best uh killer b albums there is 1998 a lot of the dark man's heist of the century a little bit of a little bit of background, right? So uh Lot of Dark Man, he eventually went to the elusive Lot of Dark Man, I should say. Um he goes to New York. Um based on well from Lot of Dark Man himself, based on some interviews that I've uh, listened to, uh he signed he inked a deal um with Atlantic. Uh that didn't really work out, but he got a pretty large advance. He kinda bounced around a little bit with different uh different labels or whatever like that, went into like a little bidding war, and then eventually he uh ends up getting distribution and then uh Heist of the Century is released uh through Supreme Team Entertainment. Uh and it goes on to uh, pretty much go platinum right within the uh, within the independent scene selling over 300,000 copies. Uh he got about $7 off of each album. So for a very young man who started creating this album uh, as a teenager, you know, and having it coming out in his very early 20s, uh, that's not a bad, you know, that's that's not a bad payday for someone like that. And, uh, and you know, and a lot of dark man, right, he, he tends to be rather elusive, I think we can all say. Uh, we all wondered where he's been, but he's been putting in work behind the scenes with the Embassy, uh, DJ Drama's Empire, you know, Willie the Kid, who is, the, who is his younger brother. And so with all that being said... Uh, I recently had Willie the Kid, Lot of Dark Man's brother, on the Channel 10 podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and put the link um, to that interview uh, in the show notes here. But yeah, so let's uh, just just hop right into it with the Heist of the Century, man. So what what do you remember uh, when Heist of the Century first came out around that time? Man, uh, well, first off, you know, woo, from '93. They had that run, like, from 93 to 98, you know what I mean? Even dropped the double CD, Killer Bees, everybody being known. But in that in that time, you got to think about the music that was coming out. You know, you had CNN, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Tragedy Gaddafi, you know what I mean? Um, even Fredro Starr, you know what I'm saying? Like Onyx, like MOP, like everybody, like that 97, 98, you know what I mean? 96, Pop, you know what I mean? Biggie, like all that, right? Mm-hmm. Then a lot of dark man comes up out the blue from nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. No, you ain't never, you ain't never really hear about him before. I mean, not to my knowledge, you know what I mean? But because we stayed in the Source magazine at that time and all that, anything with the woo symbol, you know you know how I carried it, anything with the woo symbol was like, all right, I'm going to get it a try because, you know, it represents dopeness. So I said, all right, well, let me give it a try, yo. I was hooked, you feel me? I was mm-hmm. hooked. The Source magazine, you know what I mean, from the Source magazine to the store. I got the joint, put it in. I was hooked. You know, back in the day, the the longevity of a um, CD or or a tape, you know, what I mean, was like a month. You you banging something for a month or two. That's all I listened to for like about a month. Besides, you know, what I mean, the regular woo shit and all that or whatever. But he just had something like it was just totally different. And besides the fact that the gods, the nine, he was like at the table with the nine. You know what I mean? And he had all A-list artists. Even Havoc is on the joint. Ghostface, You God, Kill. I mean, a Master Killer. You know what I'm saying? Like, who is this dude? You know what I mean? Then it's like a lot of dark man and the mystery behind everything. So he came in with the unpredictable with the acronym. You know what I mean? So yeah, like '98 was crazy, but it was like he came in a period where all that you know what I'm saying was going on. He just stood out amongst everybody. Because hmm. you got to think, Master P and all them was coming in. There, you know what I mean? Like, this, it was like the changing of everything at that time when he was coming. But that flag stood tall, though. You know what I mean? He he, he did his job, man. Havoc was on there. Just ill. You know what I mean? Uh, what's interesting about this album to me is that he has both, he has production from Havoc and he has a verse from Havoc, which, you know, Havoc himself being rather elusive also, you tend to not get uh, that, uh, you know, when it comes to someone's album. Usually it's either you get production from him or you get a verse from him. I mean, uh, you got to think about the song itself, though. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and how he came off on it. Like, I mean, it, it was just a beautiful combination. And and then you got to think about how those beats just, he made it perfect. That's all I can say about that, that particular song. But he, he just made it perfect. Because you know, we were talking a bit offline a bit earlier about um, about Heist of the Century and how, you know, it's, what what makes it stand out as uh, one of the be- one of the best Killer Bees albums is the fact that it doesn't exactly sound it doesn't exactly it has like a Wu Tang sound to it whatever that means but it's also him himself right him really showcasing himself as a lyricist as Live the Dark Man and even with the the Wu Tang symbol right which is um which is different right usually when we see the Wu Tang symbol uh, when it comes to um you know to 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 each and every one of the the nine generals they're usually shaped in you know a particular form you know kind of revolving around the first letter in someone's name uh whereas his shit is just a mask it's just a Wu Tang symbol as a mask was as hard as shit uh Right, and then he has this balance too, right? So he has Fourth Disciple all throughout the album, uh, who's doing production. He has uh, Havoc, who does some production. And then he has uh, Carlos Six July Brody, Brody, 
uh, who has, you know, he was a part of, um, you know, Diddy's uh, production team back in the day. He's done, you know, production for Two Chains now, Raekwon, Ghostface, Supreme Clientele, uh, Three Six Mafia. So he has like this this all around uh, producer who, you know, who produced, you know, Lucci and um, you know many other uh, songs on this album, which I think brings forth this balance, right? This kind of woo balance with Fourth Disciple and others and Havoc in, in a certain way, and then you have this kind of uh, you know, I guess this more. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, well, I guess I'll just say it because I can't find a better word to put it, but more of like a general kind of sound where, which then enabled a lot of the dark man to go ahead and kind of mold it into his own because, um, you know, even like some of these songs, I think generally all of them are dark. The production is dark all throughout, but even with certain songs, um, you know, they may not be that dark, but just him coming on with, like, that big booming voice that he has and, like, the shit he's talking about, he just turns the beat into a, just a fucking, like, a pit of darkness or whatever like that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he does. I mean, but you got to think about it. Like, as an artist, for, now, I, one thing I can say, though, mm-hmm. even um, with the artistry, his pen game, his pen game is the shit, you know what I'm saying? Once again... If you listen to the album now, it's killing like half the niggas is out here. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And he's 10 times better and sharper than what he's ever been. But my thing is this. That was in that time frame. So you got to think about how he affected the game during that time frame with the frequency and the beat alignment. You feel me? He fit the whole artistry like for us, for the character, everything. If you know the history of a lot of dark man, you know what I mean, the actual character, he was a person of many faces, a chemist. <laughs> you see what I'm saying now? Mm-hmm. And he went to murder those, you know what I'm saying, that had, you know what I mean, did him wrong. You feel me? So if you listen to the balance on the album, the balance is dark. But like you say, even with the lightness, the light comes in when he dropping jewels on you. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's it's dark, you know what I mean. But at the same time, he he shine light with the with with the wisdom, with the knowledge, you know what I mean. So you might hear a song where you know it's the heist of the century, but then you hear polluted wisdom when he talk about how the women living fast want fast money. You tell them slow down, you know what I mean. Think like a queen, be a queen. So he dropped jewels. That's the light. But the frequency, how he put all them together, havoc. Think about it, Mob Deep. They dark anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like it all just meshed together. It all come together. You know, like like me for example. I love dark. You know what I mean? Underground beats. I resonate better on those type of beats. So if you could find the producers that you know what I mean help you stand out when they understand the type of artist you are, you tend to be better. You know what I'm saying? You get your full potential, and that's what happened with the heist of the century album. It was full potential. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can tell he had fun doing it. You know what I mean? And, and, and the stories, like it was very well executed. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's all I can say. Like this is the shit right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, when I was, I was, you know, I listened to it. I, I think about maybe two, three times a day, and I realized that this is probably my first time listening to the album in almost like in almost like uh, ten years, probably. Uh, because you know, this is—I mean, you know, this was never really an album that I always went back to. But uh, 
you know, uh, well, you know, nowadays I've been more in- more or less interested in what he's doing recently. Because uh, every so often, you know, he's, again, he's so elusive in that um, you got to catch him on Twitter. Or if you just, like, you know, put in his name on that piff, then you may find, like, a new project from... This is how this is how he operates nowadays. But, um, but yeah, you know, and I was surprised because I, did, I never realized how good of a storyteller he was. I was always more focused on his lyricism and his imagery. And then I kind of went back and like, damn, he tells some, like, some, some interesting stories. And, you know, I always knew about Paluta Wisdom. Polluted Wisdom probably being my uh, my most favorite song from here, um, between that and Gun Rule. Uh, but, yeah, but, um, and, you know, even, like, talking about, well, of course, right, so he, he kind of, um, Raekwon kind of took him under his wing or whatever like that, and so I'm pretty sure that some of Raekwon's, uh, you know, style and whatever like that kind of rubbed off on him, as you can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. And even with Yo, that like, song that he got with him, when it be like as the world to, um turn goes round. Yeah, as the world turns. Um, what is it? As the world yeah, turns. Yeah, that, that's uh, yo. Yeah, yeah, that shit right there. That was I heard that on eighty eight point nine. I got a story about that one. You know, back you. in the day, you listen to eighty eight point nine. You know, what I'm saying you um record. You know, what I'm saying the hip hop or whatever on the table. That's what well, I did. Right, right, I had right. to have those songs, right? Right. So, all right. So, for, well, all right. So, remember that a great majority of people aren't from Baltimore who listen to this podcast. So, um, eighty-eight point nine, yeah, eighty-eight point nine is a is a college uh, college radio station based in Baltimore, and um, every Friday for well over twenty, maybe thirty years at this point, right? Because it's still still going. Um, in which I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, I feel I should be ashamed of myself because I haven't listened in in a long time, but, um, it's known as Strictly Hip Hop and it's an underground hip hop radio station. They go from about midnight to like five in the morning every Friday. They've been doing this for 30 years. So, so yeah, so yeah, go ahead. I'm a bad so look, right? So, you know, this particular song had came on, um, him and Raekwon and, you know, I recorded it. But at the same time, it was like I got like just enough of it, maybe like let's just say two minutes of it, enough to really you know I mean get a feel for it. Anyway, make a long story short, I had to, I, yo I banged that shit like I don't know how like that's all I kept listening to. I had to rewind the tape, put it back, <laughs> rewind the tape, put it back. You know what I'm saying? That's how ill that song affected me, yo. Like the the things that was going on on that album resonated with a lot of people even if they didn't even speak mathematics yo because it was it was universal to the point it was so street it was so hood but the the mathematics once again it gave it that light so yeah man my bad yo i just had to put that out there like good music is good music you know what i mean to the point where you would have to do what i did because you appreciate you know what i mean what was brought to the table mm. Yeah, no doubt, and um, you know, the I would say the the lightest uh, song from this album is is most likely Spring Water. Well, it is Spring Water. There's no way you can you can you can go against that, uh, which also has Raekwon on it. And you know, uh, if you listen, look back at some of his uh, lot of Darkman's earlier interviews, he uh, he also makes a point in talking about the balance that the album had. So you know, he talked about dropping the jewels, uh, the dark grimy beats, the dark gritty stories but yet you know yet and still he has this this kind of family based song and then even with the uh 
with the music video, right? It's just out chilling or whatever like that by the pool, have, you know, nieces and nephews or whatever like that. And what, you know, whenever I listen to the album all the way through, even like way back when, 10 years ago, I'm always kind of taken aback when like that song comes on right there in the middle, kind of like taking a break from, uh, taking a break from like the first half of it. And what you said that you think that in the second half, the album gets darker. Right. Yeah, it does. It's like, he, it, they, it's like perfect craftsmanship, man. From from the start to the end, it it, it takes you on on journeys. It, it has like the the most uh, thought out skits that I've ever heard on an album as well. Because within those skits, you know, what I mean, the song that comes behind after the skit or whatever is like, wow, you know, what I mean, like he explains something and then he gave you he gave you the visual even deeper with the music. So he constantly did that, and it all led up to, of course, the end part, but just the end in itself, because um, it was about, you know, what he wanted, you know what I'm saying, and everything that he was striving for. But mm. he already took you on an up-and-down roller coaster, so he smoothed it out at the last part, you feel me? Yeah. So it was, it, 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 it was, it was well-constructed, yeah. Hey, everyone. I wanted to let you guys know about a new podcast before we get back into this episode. It's called the Hip Hop Classics Podcast, and it's hosted by my man, Matt Fish. Every week he delves into a classic hip-hop album with a guest, documenting its history, its impact, production, you name it. He has two episodes up right now, and he invited me on his most recent episode to talk about, you guessed it, 36 Chambers. And I'll have Matt take it away from here. Hi, this is Matt Fish, inviting you to check out my brand new show, The Hip Hop Classics Podcast. Each week, we're going to take a deep dive into one of the greatest records the genre has ever produced and talk about why it's so significant to the music as well as the culture. From East Coast to West Coast, G-Funk to Hardcore, and everything in between, we're going to cover it all. So join me, won't you? Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. It's The Hip Hop Classics Podcast, the new music show that you don't want to miss. When it comes to those skits, when I, I started listening to them back again, I couldn't help but think about, you know, Raekwon, you know, uh, and the skits on Only Bill for Cuban Links, and even even the skits on Immobilarity, um, especially how Immobilarity starts, too. You know, the same kind of, um, you know, well, I would say a similar tone, right? The Like the, the person, this first-person perspective in which, you know, the protagonist explains... Or, you know, I guess he uh, he indirectly explains, like, certain things that are going on throughout the album. And which a lot of the Darkman does throughout, I, I will say. And then, you know, even, like, how he ends it with I Want It All, which uh, he he wrote, I believe, um, if I'm correct, that was, his, that was his first rhyme. He wrote it when he was 17. Oh, wow. I think I did hit something about that. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was ahead of his time. He was very advanced. I mean, like even when you listen to the lyrics, right? You break down certain things when he was like rolling with nine niggas and I'm about to be the tenth one. You know what I'm saying? It's like the conversation we was having earlier before all this. Like I was saying, he it's like he he's on a different plateau. You know what I'm saying? Or a different level than most killer bees, just from 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 my knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. As far as for me seeing certain things, so it is like. You just listen to his 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 album, man, and you hear who's on there and what they're contributing. You didn't really hear that on many Killer B albums. 
you might have heard Killer Bees on the nine, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, it was like they all pretty much had some type of assistance. They 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 contributed to that album on there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He says stuff like computerized thugs dropping checks in the bank. It's ninety eight. Now look at where we at right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and even going back to your uh, interview with uh, well, his brother, when he was saying that uh, RZA brought a flash drive in, <laughs> yeah. and that was that was back in the day. You see what I'm saying now? So it's like it was almost futuristic, futuristic or prophetic at the same time. And then yeah. if you listen to the song he got with with, with uh, Takeith, the Street Life, I mean that within itself, man. Ah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, another thing about Lala Dogman is the fact that, uh, you know, like, he he's labeled as a killer bee, but then again, you know, his elusiveness and that, you know, when we think about the the, uh, the, the killer bee compilations, uh, the Swarm, the Sting, uh, if I recall properly, he wasn't on any one of those, but he popped up on the soundtrack to the, to the Wu-Tang video game, though. You remember you remember that uh uh yeah Wu World Order and it was it was just him it was I don't think it was no it wasn't RZA was on it yeah and so I thought I, I, yeah go ahead <laughs> no I'm just saying but that that goes to prove my point like he ain't the regular like you know I'm a killer bee but I sit at the table over here with with them <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> shit it was and, just it was just a whole different element you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, like this, you know, just again, like this star-studded lineup from Ghostface, Raekwon, You Got, Havoc, uh, Takitha, and uh, uh, Al Campbell, or I, I think or, I think it's Maya on Love, Maya Campbell, I believe, um, and she was on, if I recall, I think she she was like an actress on uh, the LL Cool J show back in the J day, uh, in, yeah, in the house. Is that what that was it called? You know what I'm talking about, the, that, that uh, sitcom back in the day. Yeah, 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 I got you. When he yeah. was like the maid or something, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. I wonder how he feels about that actually. <laughs> Thinking about it, but uh, <laughs> but but yeah, but uh, even even had I don't know how he fuck he even got her, but he got her on there too. Uh, and I'm thinking about again. This is off the top of my head. I could, and then he has Killer Sin on it, which I would say Killer Sin. And I wanna this is I wanna do an episode about this. About Killer Sin arguably being the, probably the best Killer B, just based on his lyricism. <laughs> Yo, oh wow! You know what? Like, damn, you right that that because I, I could go on about that too. Like, wow, his name is what it is, and that's all I can say. You know what I mean for right now? Because I'm a yeah. When you get the next one together, yeah, I, I got some shit on that. <laughs> yeah, we think of yeah, um, top-notch lyricists, yo. Yeah, and I mean, I will say that on like no lie, he holds his own heights of the century. But I, I still think that Killer Killer Sin kind of he kind of took it. And you think about Killer Sin on heights of the century. You think about Killer Sin on Bronze Nazareth's uh, Great Migration. He killed that. Uh, I mean, even on yeah, yeah, even on Silver Rings album, he uh, he killed it. And you know, I, and then just thinking about oh, go ahead. I was look, man. I was looking for him to put an album out, a whole full project or something. You know what I mean? But it didn't come to fruition. So yeah. But it, yes. but still, I heard like recent stuff. You know what I mean? Because I be searching. You know what I mean? Like it might be like three months ago. It might be a year ago. 
you know what I mean? The guard is he's sharp, you know what I mean? I just hope that he's able to put something out, you know what I mean, a full body of work because imagine that chamber. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and, you know, with this with this uh, star-studded lineup that he has, I'm trying to think of another Killer B album that has something like this. Um, and I think that one of the reasons why Killer... Oh, well, Killerson, my bad. Uh, why a lot of the Dogman was able to have this kind of lineup was because, you know, although he was woo he still operated outside of the wool, you know, still moving around in his own in his own way, which allowed him to have uh, certain connections. But when it comes to the lineup, the only other lineup I can think about that has something like something like this will be Silver Rain's album, in which I think he has almost every person from the clan on it, um, as well as the Keith and Blue Raspberry, if I if I recall properly. I'm I'm just saying, man. Like, all right, case in point. I mean, just as far as for the lyricism goes, um, he stressed money is the root of all evil on the whole project, though. And one of the skits, he was saying he was watching, you know what I mean, people go to school and getting on the bus, and he was just like, yeah, they going to school. But he was like, you know, I got to get this money. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> but he would drop, like, money is the root of all evil, but then he'd give you a situation to show and prove what he said. You know mm-hmm. what I mean now? So it's like I say it, but now you're going to get the mental vision, the ways and actions. You're seeing it now, how it affects you. So yeah. he, 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 you know what I mean? It's, it's ill, man. How he, he, you can learn from this. You know what I mean? He, he, help, he can help somebody grow. I'm pretty sure he helped people grow off the album versus today. Which, you know, I mean, that's a whole other, you know, different uh, show or whatever, but not to take no shots at nobody. I'm just saying, when you listen to that album in 98, 97, 98, you, you got something from it. You know what I mean? You learned something. You got an experience. These days, I don't think that's the approach. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you play his album right now, Anybody could appreciate that album. It's something on there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like you was talking about the one with the cookout at the pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could play that at a cookout. But it was yeah. still dark, though. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? It was yeah. fly. Yeah. And, you know, he... uh yeah, he he had he has a perfect balance when it comes to just like the straight tor- storytelling and like the the grittiness and you know as well as the the morality and the and the consequences that come with some with some of these things. So you know when you can think of like a mob deep and how they always had like a um, you know pretty much like a um, a moral to the story on every song they ever had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they always summed your shit up for you, didn't they? Yeah, right, but but there's sometimes we're like yeah, but sometimes with Marvel joints you gotta read between in between the lines. Whereas a lot of the dark man, he takes more of a in between approach, kind of between like along the lines of like a J rule, the damager, and a mob deep. Where you know throughout the song, he's pretty much telling you what, what he wants, what he wants you to know, what you need to know. Right, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, like I say, he dropped jewels. He he stayed proficient with with the mathematics he even like all right for example he said he's loyal to his clique right 
like mm-hmm. Elijah Muhammad. You feel me now? Mm-hmm. Like he 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 stays in that world where he's supposed to be. He know he God. You know what I'm saying? You told me he get how much money? Seven dollars off of each album. Oh yeah, for and the mathematics album, yeah. that's God. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, for that album, right? You know what I mean? That that's God right there. That's seven, right? So I'm just saying everything was just consistent. I didn't even know he got seven. You know what I mean? But that's ill right there. That yeah. really is ill. That, 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 that's, that's, wow. Yeah, I mean, especially for someone who, you know, he didn't have a lot of uh, promotion, per se, behind this album. But it, and it came out um, in November, you know, one of the biggest times in the music industry when it comes to albums and certain things that come out right before the holiday well, during the holidays and everything like that uh and man i mean just managed to pretty much almost go gold off of uh, off of um you know this independent project Hmm. i mean you gotta think about it too like if you hear the songs that dudes are doing for women today right mm-hmm. in comparison to an album during that time frame and you listen to his album he has a song for for women right mm-hmm. where he was saying he respect you know this 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 one queen he 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 he, he could deal with it because you know she ain't really out in the street like that she chill you know what i mean she got she got a queen type mentality he 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 willing to nurture that but yo like i got my music I'm going to be gone for this amount of time, yada, yada. I mean, he's breaking it down, but my whole point with that is he never disrespected a woman, even when he told the story about the shorties that was living fast. He didn't downplay him. He always was like, you can rise. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can study. You can be, you can be more. You know what I mean? And he was always honest. So at the end of the day, it's like, the reflection between the two, he had a feminine following. That's all I'm saying. Like, even though it was dark and it was hard, dudes think that they got to do certain type of music to get a female attraction. His album shows and proves the indifference. Like, you don't got to do that. You don't have to be like a male whore, yo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? He gave back. He gave them something of worth that they could actually think about and it could resonate and it probably would affect them then or in the near future versus I could buy you some shoes and, you know what I mean, like I had sex with you here, like that dumbass shit, man. So at the end of the day, he God. He don't always supposed to do on the album. It's positive and negative, and that's the way life is. But he didn't exploit, you know what I'm saying? He ain't put himself in a position like, I'm going to do this to get the ladies. He was himself. For you, Elise, would you say that this is, or well, where would this rank in your top five of like Killer B albums? Number one. Oh, number one. Yeah, you see, I ain't even hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <not at> <laughs> Shit for me. You know why? Because I, I got the experience of it when it first came out. For me, I know I'm not entirely sure where it would rank. It's certainly uh, in the top five, though. Um, I will say that in general, uh, you know, maybe there there could have been some songs that could have stayed off the album, which would make which would have made it a bit stronger for me. I don't think I don't necessarily think every song on this album should have been on it. Now, what's your favorite song off of here, if you had to say? Wow. 
wow. It's 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 but hey, man, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just say the whole body of work. You know what I mean? Like ah, uh, the one with with Ghostface, that right there. Mm. Man, I mean, it's it's first off the beat. You know, I mean, I don't know who made it, but the beat, man, the track for that shit was just so, it was just dope. It was just, I, I can't even des- des- describe it. If you are an artist and you can, you have the ability to freestyle, mm-hmm. and like put that instrumental on, that shit will make you rhyme for years. You know what I mean? But what they did to it and how they uh, instructed the youngins, you know what I mean? Young guns. I mean, young, you know what I mean? They, they shooting the guns to kill sons, you know what I'm saying? So they dropping jewels out there. Mm. And um, how Ghost put it, you know what I mean? He was like, I can't do something because I got hit by a bullet, you know what I'm saying? And you're going into it. Like, the shit was just fly, but I can't, man, that shit was super, yo. You know what I mean? Mm. So, but he had a whole lot of shit like that. So at the end of the day, it's like, I really choose that because I just really like that beat. But overall, lyrically, like, the shit is untouchable. And what oh, I got to say this about the album, too. Mm-hmm. You know how, like, all nine had the album. You know, all nine had their albums, right? Yeah. Well, to me, he was like the 10th one <laughs> with an album. <laughs> you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying now? So it's like that's, the, that's, the, that's another way it affected me. It was mm-hmm. like he's uh, part of the original nine, but he's the 10. So if, it, if they did just go, we're going to be 10. Knowledge cipher, you know what I'm saying? Knowledge. You see what I'm saying now? Mm. He would be right there. Uh, yeah, so the, yeah, the song you're talking about, that's Wu Bloodkin with Ghostface Killer and uh, Carlos Six July Brody, part of the Hitman, uh, produced that beat. Uh, for me, I'll have to say Gun Rule. I think Gun Rule is the best song on here. And again, that's made, that's produced by Six July, Carlos Six July Brody. Man, well. For you, it's the top Killer B album. Uh, actually, I would say no. For me, it's not. It's not the top Killer B album. I, I have one in particular that I'll talk about. That'll, that'll probably be on the next episode. But um, most definitely, this isn't. This isn't my top five um, Killer B albums. So yeah, a lot of dark man. If you guys um, aren't aware of it, or you guys all are aware of it, uh, go ahead and check it out. Um, if you haven't yet, it's a uh, you know I think you'll learn a lot about the Wu Tang in certain in certain instances when it comes to this album, the history the history behind it and everything like that, and also you know a lot of the Dark Man he's a he's a historic figure in his own right without the Wu Tang Clan with um all the work that he's put in with the Gangsta Grill series and that whole Gangsta Grill's empire, the whole thing with the mixtape raid and what that meant for hip hop during the time. So uh, check this album out. Check out some of um, a lot of Dark Man's uh, newer stuff too. Some of it is pretty interesting. I would um, for you, I would say listen to the J Love mixtape series, Return of the Dark Man Volume One and Two, and uh, check out his Paid in Full uh, mixtape series too. I think he has, um, I think yeah, he has two parts to it. Uh, one came out recently, which I think they're dope too. So uh, go ahead and check all that stuff out. And uh, with that being said. Uh, before I, before we sign off, um, I want to give, I will, I will say that uh, the next episode, thank you for all y'all support, but uh, the next episode, it's, it's going to be another Killer B album. So shout out to Masks Yeti on Twitter who asked about a Killer Army 
episode coming up and so that the next episode you guys will hear most likely will be a killer army episode and everything like that so yeah so we, you know, we had to do it anyway eventually right yo you gotta get me up on that one too then shit fuck it i gotta get up on that one too if you can the next episode is going to be me and my bro born king again talking about killer army i haven't decided which album it's going to be but most likely you guys know which album it's going to be uh, shout out to Mask Yeti one more time. Shout out for everyone else who's been uh, giving me shots, uh, giving us shots, uh, shout outs on Twitter and everything like that. Uh, be sure to check us at Wu Tang Podcast on Twitter, Wu Tang Podcast on Instagram, Wu Tang Podcast everywhere. Um, if you guys want to hear um, a particular album, a particular artist, or whatever like that, just a discussion on something Wu Tang, hit me up at Wu Tang Podcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, DM me, whatever you got to do. Um, I am rather accessible. I will say uh, Be sure to follow Born King at Killer Fifth on Twitter Check him out on YouTube You put in Born King You put in Killer Fifth Born King aka Killer Fifth on YouTube You will find all of his shit um, Check out his newest EPs um, They are really dope And everything like that If you want to If you're interested in hearing about Hearing the Baltimore sound um, You should uh, listen to Born King and everything like that So uh, with all that being said, uh, this has been another edition of the Wu Tang Podcast. Hey, can I get a shout out real quick? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Can I get a shout out. Uh, shout out to Wu Tang Management, Protecting Neck Records. You know what I'm saying? Born Divine, BMG. You know what I mean? Hey, bye, my man Desiree is old. Dot. Hey, bye, Baltimore worldwide. Watch out for them projects. Mm-hmm. They coming. Product is coming.